I love this coffee so fucking much, man. It's not bad. It's so good. For yeah, instant, come on. It's the best, bro. It's the best. Well, um, Teague, welcome back to the studio. Thank you. This Thank is you. Uh, episode 31 of Noob Talk Radio. Uh, hi, everybody. I feel like maybe we also need, at some point in time, maybe we need a catchphrase mm. for the show. Mm-hmm. You know, like some, like something stupid that you do. Like I was yeah, like, I totally hear you. In my head, I was thinking about comparing us to other podcasts that I like. I both half want to be super serious, like one podcast. It's really, I've got both. Mm. I've got both in me. I want to be super serious, like one podcast, Sacred Symbols. And I want to be a total goof, like the Game Scoop guys. Okay. Where they're just like saying ridiculous stuff, like making jokes about like Scoop Nation. The host has like a specific way that he introduces the show. He's always like, let's uh, let's say say hi to the listeners. And then one other guy on the show goes, hi, listeners. Uh, And it's just like, it's a routine that they always do. Okay. And they're super cute. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's also not a very serious show. And it's totally. Totally not at all like a like journalism show, right? It's really just a boys like having fun talking about video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like probably closer to what we're actually doing. Probably, right? yeah. but uh, tough to say. I don't know. Anyways, um, so yeah, let's try that again. Welcome back to Game Scoop. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, that was not intentional. <laughs> Welcome back to <laughs> Noob Talk. <laughs> I really tempted to keep that in the show. It's kind of Welcome funny. back to it is kind of funny. Welcome back to Noob Talk Radio, episode thirty-one. I'm your host, Joshua Osborne. With me in the studio here is Teague Henderson. And Teague, how are you today? Good enough. Good enough. Good enough. All right. All right. Um, This is, again, the part where he's supposed to ask me how I'm doing, but he didn't. So I'll just go ahead and uh, say how I'm doing. (laughs) I'm doing uh, pretty well. Uh, It's a beautiful day outside. It's very nice. Happy to be here this Sunday. Uh, Beautiful weather. Super cool. Very unlike uh, what we had the past uh, week. Yeah, week easily, um, dude. My cat. My, I mean, I don't know how your how your cats are doing. I guess you guys have AC, but my cat is suffering. Like, oh yeah, no, it's not bad in here at all. Yeah, we had another conversation me and my girlfriend about um, maybe we really should get AC for the cat. Like it's actually not for us. Like we can deal with it, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you, man, the cat's like she's old and like she suffers. What? what was, like, what's the problem? It's just too fucking hot. No, no, but she just lies there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, like, super, super lethargic, like, doesn't want to eat much. You know, we have to try and feed her soft food to make sure that she, like, gets some liquid in her kind of thing. Like, it's rough. Yeah. Yeah, that's curious. <laughs> I, I don't know. Teague looks like he has very little sympathy. I mean, uh, no, it's, it's curious. I, well, she's older, right? She's and, old. like, and things happen for sure with older cats. But um, I wouldn't think the heat would be that integral to them being uh, unless it's like a fucking long-haired cat and you're talking 40 something degrees mm. um but I, I don't i don't know that's interesting so you don't feel it's that bad i don't think it's the heat i think you should probably get the cat checked out um oh she's not like that when it's not uh when it's not hot oh no no okay no no, no it's just in the extreme heat yeah hmm. yeah well, i think they just have a hard time with it I think they have a harder time than we have with the, or they have the similar time that we have, but they have more difficulty coping with it than we do. I don't know. I, I mean, I've, I know some cats are in some, come from some pretty fucking hot places, right? Um, depends. Yeah. Depends. Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't know. Like, yeah. uh, I've never noticed it. And my guys have always been, like, even on Dakari, didn't have AC and it was hot as sin. And, yeah. Uh, well, I was less concerned when she was uh, definitely a video game podcast. When I, I was mm. less concerned when she was younger, right, right, right. Like it's really because she's kind of elderly now, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that makes me more yeah. So yeah. get a little unit, put it in Just a room. Like elderly, uh, you know, yeah, person, elderly yeah. humans. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So yeah, maybe get a small unit to put in we're a room, yeah. and then yeah. she can go in that room. Yeah. And, uh, we're thinking about it. Yeah, we're thinking about it. It's yeah. not a bad idea to have just for sleeping yourself. You know, like uh, I can live. 
Yeah. You can live, but, but it's significantly better to uh, on those like brutal, brutal hot nights to have some AC. It's yeah, really nice yeah. for sleeping. You know, it is, but at the same time, I like to. I, I like the the idea of like uh, dealing with it without artificial stuff. If you can, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've al- I always like that uh, that kind of thinking. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I, if I was going to do it, it would be mostly for the cat. Okay. Well, yeah, there you go. Not, not so much for me. But, do it then. Um, although it certainly is nice to come into your place with AC. I mean, right. It's not like I don't like it. <laughs> no, no. <it's, laughs> right. Of course. I, I'm, I find I'm not an animal. I find it depends, no like again, on where you live. You know, like this house can have some decent airflow and stuff, and it's a house. Um, apartment living, though, like it's kind of necessary in the city. Unless you have great airflow, you know, like because some apartments you can't open the front and the back and get a good breeze. We do have pretty good airflow. Most of the places I've lived did not. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like we've got a similar thing to maybe not quite as, but well, you've been to my place. I mean, we have a pretty good, like, Mm -hmm. you know, side to side. Yeah, wind tunnel. Um, Cat talk radio? Yeah, yeah. So the newest cat products. (laughs) Cat comfort radio? Yeah, it's all about cat (laughs) products. It's all about cats. Um, I did a little bit of last-minute adjustments on the way over, and uh, we're going to put our gen- as our general discussion what I previously had as number two here, which is Amazon stops trying to exert dominance over employees' free time. I think I actually wrote that myself. <laughs> it was originally taken off the, the IGN article, which is called uh, Amazon Games Ends Rules Claiming Employees' Personal Projects, um, and originally reported off Bloomberg, off an article called uh, Amazon Drops Company Policies on Game Dev After Backlash. Sorry, Game Development After Backlash. And, yeah, so, I mean... What was the backlash? It's unclear. Yeah. Um, I'm curious as to what it was, you know, like... uh, The only thing I can find about that, uh, specifically, is there's a quote from the Bloomberg article here. The longstanding policies within Amazon, I think they mean very generally, as in people just didn't like it, Mm. for kind of obvious reasons. But the quote I found from the article is, The longstanding policies within Amazon Game Studios had drawn criticism on social media over the last month after a Google engineer posted about them. Some game developers described the rules as draconian. This is exactly what I would say if I was a game developer. Um, but yeah, the policy itself, I guess we should probably say that before we leap into it. Basically, um, now the article claims that... I was a little confused because I think, or at least now I'm getting confused, but I remember hearing about this kind of stuff a really long time ago. It's not, it's not, it's not news to me. Yeah. Um, but maybe it wasn't Amazon. Because something in the article said that this... Yeah, it was. I got. I'm a little confused about this part because I thought that someone was saying this policy came to light really recently, or it was. I got confused between it was enacted recently and yeah. then a spokesperson was like, this was put in place like over a decade ago or something. Yeah, like back when information was harder to come by and whatnot. And exactly. No, right? yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But I'll navigate over to the IGN article for a second here to have just to sh- explain to people exactly what it is. Yeah, Amazon Games has reportedly eased up on guidelines that allowed the company to claim the rights of personal projects worked on by employees outside of work hours. Now, for anyone in software engineering, this is nothing. Uh, this is not a surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of companies have um, policies either identical or very similar to this one. Uh, and they talk about, a little bit later on, they describe... Uh, this is off the IGN article. The previous policies had laid out rules that gave Amazon, quote-unquote, a royalty-free, worldwide, fully paid-up, perpetual, transferable license to any intellectual property rights for any games created by staff. And basically what this means is they had it in their contracts for a long time. Uh, A company spokesperson was pointing out over a decade, a long, long time ago, that... Yeah, the old policies mandated employees of the games division who were moonlighting on projects would need to use Amazon products, such as Amazon Web Services, and sell their games on Amazon digital stores. 
It also gave the company, that's where the IGN got the quote, the royalty-free, worldwide, fully paid out, perpetual, transferable license to any IP developed by employees. So what's interesting here is that, um, so they have to use Amazon services to sell the product mm -hmm. if they make it under, if they make it while under contract to Amazon. Right. And it's important to note it was not just like, while at the company facility or No, something. no, but it's I mean... literally anything they make in their spare time while an employee of Amazon. Right, and what I'm wondering is, do they use the same, like, the dev kits from Amazon in the development of their home shit? A very interesting question, and that's uh, totally what Silicon Valley is all about, right? I don't know if you're familiar with that show. Oh, no, oh, Super I watched amazing. it. Yeah, yeah, I watched it. I love yeah. that show. It was funny. Yeah, yeah it's all about, uh, it all, the, 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 the show is springboarded by the fact that the employee who works there he uses a company computer for like mm -hmm. 20 minutes of testing something mm -hmm. at one point in time that he completely forgets about that then makes the company able to argue that he used company property. Exactly, so, yeah. Right? Isn't that, it's uh, a great question to ask. Is, isn't that uh, Mike Judge's, uh, based on Mike Judge's experience in uh, Silicon Valley in the 90s? I'm not sure, but it's 100% believable. I think it might be. I yeah. could be wrong. That's his type of thing. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he's the king of the hill guy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. He's I mean, lots of stuff, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's been around for he's a while. He's such a genius. Oh, he's great. I didn't realize he was a genius for a long Like, he's I didn't great. realize how, how many shows that I'm watching that I thought were genius were he's actually... from him. Exactly. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, anyways, so, yeah, that was the policy. Um, what I thought was fascinating was that... They don't actually state in, I don't know if Bloomberg just didn't do enough digging or if um, the actual Amazon policy itself didn't state this, but they don't actually say that the employees have to give them the revenue for the thing. They say that they have to distribute it on Amazon digital stores and that Amazon has intellectual property rights to the thing, <clears throat> which would imply that at least they have the ability to take over the IP and make something else with it, for example, like a sequel. But it doesn't actually explicitly say. I, I wonder if if it was part of the agreement that they that they then get all money from it too, right? I kind of um, doubt it, but um... uh, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Without seeing the fine print, it's kind of hard to know. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, at least they own the ability to reproduce and can sort of take over the project at any time they want, kind of thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, it says in the Bloomberg article that they just have to. They need to use Amazon products, such as Amazon Web Services, and sell their games on Amazon Digital Stores. So they want them to put it all in stuff that they control, kind of. Okay. Right? Or work within frameworks that they all control. Mm -hmm. And basically, the net result of this, you know, the whole point of a policy like this is just the idea that, um, you know, if you make, like Silicon Valley, if you make something in any way, shape, or form, not just on company material, mm -hmm. but while working for the company. Right. I mean, you may, you may get ideas from other employees there that are, you know... In underemployment, you know, like they're with them. Sure. So if you're taking ideas from them and developing something else with them, yeah. Again, I think you have to be kind of crazy to sign a contract like that. Uh, I mean, so that's okay. Let's let's put that on the side for a second, and just for one more brief, because we actually didn't say uh, the important part of the actual news itself is not the policy, but the fact that they did just disband Take it down. Yeah. Right. Uh, so just to mention real quick uh, before we get into it, but that's definitely what we need to talk about. Amazon said Thursday it was immediately eliminating these rules. Uh, and this is a quote from Mike Frizzini, uh, the Amazon Game Studios boss, uh, who wrote this in an email to staff. These policies were originally put in place over a decade ago when we had a lot less information and experience than we do today. And as a result, the policies were written quite broadly. Uh, and that's pretty much all that has been said officially. A spokesperson for, for Amazon has declined to comment on the email to Bloomberg. And uh, yeah, I was telling Teague about this. We were talking sort of on the on the way over and um, I was like, 
I always hesitate over it, how vulgar to be on this podcast, but I was a bit like, fuck Amazon at the time, mm-hmm. you know, thinking like, of course, you know, I guess my background is relevant too. Like I was like six to eight years ago, I was trying to work on a game myself. So I had become a little bit familiar with policies like this because I was investigating, you know, like making sure that like, whatever, like uh, my, my company at the time didn't have some sort of draconian contract like this one where they claim, you know, like if I make a game while I work here, it's like, are they just going to take it? Mm-hmm. For sure wasn't using any of their property, but still, you know. It doesn't, it doesn't like, matter. I mean, again, Amazon's though, was like, quite broad. I'm just saying, like I, uh, the Amazon thing. I'm saying to, mm. to make this claim, like who knows how much of the idea actually came from Amazon, you know, or other employees at Amazon uh, or but if it, even from if it, their experience working there. You know, they yeah. figured something out in Amazon, like, oh, yeah. shit, this doesn't work, this does work. I'm doing that on my own now. Yeah. I'm going to profit off of what I've learned in your company. Yeah. And Amazon's like, no, you're not. Um, yeah. You're not going to profit off of it. We're going to make sure by making you sign this retarded contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just feel that uh, contracts like this are completely abusive and inappropriate. And I do not feel that there's any that there is any effective way for a person to not sign them. Because not signing contracts like this in today's world, I feel like just means that you're just not working in the tech industry. And it's not fair to, it's not fair to give corporations the unequivocal right to claim literally anything that comes out of our fucking minds Uh, for their own property. But this, this happens. And be enforceable by law. With a lot of jobs, you have to sign an NDA. You're not allowed to work in that same field for five years after you stop working at a company. Because again, you're going to be using the knowledge gained from that company to profit another one. So they make you sign this kind of shit and you have to, you can't work in the same field anymore. That makes sense. Like the, the principle this is trying to defend is not a problem. Mm-hmm. It's the implementation that is a problem. Mm. That's not the only way to guarantee that your company secrets aren't spread. Mm. That is one way. It's a really easy way. It's well, a really I mean, lazy it's not even way. secrets really, you know, like necessarily. Who knows what it is? No, but it's a, it's a question of like, they're trying to govern our lives instead of just their property. Mm. We're not their property. Right? No. But they're acting as if we're their property. Yeah, you're right? on, you're you're basically like selling yourself to them. It's kind of like to work. To me, it's abusive. taking people's. It's abusive, and it is infringing on people's basic fundamental human rights. That's what I. That's how I feel because uh, we have a right to our own thoughts and ideas, mm-hmm. right? And for them to not be like claimed by somebody else. Yeah. And it's one thing that so you're you're saying you know these things are important because they protect uh, other. I'm not uh, not this necessarily, but in it's this kind of stuff is super normal. Um, yes, it is. Like it's yeah. it exists yeah. in all kinds of facets of business, and like it happens in so many other fields. Why would they get a special break? What makes them so special to not have the rules of the world apply to them, you know? What, Amazon? The employees, you know? If this is the way that it works for so many other businesses, so many other companies, that you have to, you can't even work in the same field after you work there. You know, they don't, person XYZ or Joe, whatever, doesn't deserve special treatment compared to other companies. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we can't ignore the fact that, like, allowing these types of policies categorically, it really, like, it does a lot of damage to people's... I mean, basic rights and freedoms, I think. Like, yeah, I think that's a bit of a stretch for me. Um, it isn't for me, man. I think, Dude, uh, the, the I think you have, have to you sign have a for ton my of fucking rights. companies. You have a ton of rights, absolutely. And one of them is to choose where you work um, and to choose what field you work in. That yeah. is a right. That's true. It's not a right to be treated well, <laughs> necessarily. 
Um, like, I'm sorry, there's certain things that are rights and there's certain things yeah, that are fairly maybe. nice, you know, like, you know, but maybe not nice, but fairly. No, like, absolutely yeah. not. You don't need a nice boss. No. Like, your boss can t- talk to you like a piece of shit. Yeah. And that's up to you if you want to deal with that yeah. and stay. Yeah. And you have the right to leave. And I'm sorry, like, uh, yeah. if you don't like it, leave. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what I, that's the only reason why I was saying you have to be crazy to sign something like that. Cause mm-hmm. like, if you see what it actually means and you're like, well, what if I do this? Oh, well, that means it belongs to them. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to sign it anyways because I, I really want to work here or I really whatever. It's like, well, again, you're signing something. Like, yeah. What the fuck? And just because yeah. you don't like what you signed, <clears throat> uh, you still signed it. Like, yeah. don't do that is yeah. what I mean. You can't. You can't get pissy about something that you agreed to after the fact and then claim it as like, well, yeah. you've got to change. It's like, well, you agreed to this. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have a good point and you are correct, but also when you have no choice other than to sign a contract like this, whether it's theirs or somebody else's, mm-hmm. then there's a real problem. That I feel like that logic works 100% if there are other options. But if there aren't other options, then you still have a problem, and yeah. everybody has a problem. I mean, it's... And how I feel is that there are no other options. In this day and age, all the companies have shit like this, mm-hmm. and all the companies are exercising way too broad contracts yeah. that are probably not even fucking enforceable in most cases, and they know damn well. Probably. But they're putting it anyways, because they're just like, fuck it, we'll throw in XYZ clause about, like, you know, uh, also, if you have a particularly shiny turd while you're working here and you forget mm-hmm. to flush it down the toilet, you know what, maybe we might want to claim that for, like, later turd analysis in, for like, sure. 20 years from now, right? And it's like, even if it's completely unenforceable by law, they don't care. They're just like, we'll put it in anyways. Mm-hmm. We'll let the lawyers worry about it later. It's fine, except... It's really problematic when employees' rights to, like, fair treatment get so impacted by, like, really draconian, like, termination clauses and, like, all sorts of stuff like this and contracts. And when all companies have contracts like this, you really don't have a choice. Well, again, like, you, just you don't. have tons of choice. Uh, and again, it's like, what do you want to do? Uh, you want to do this? This is the world. You want to be a but prostitute? Every you tech... have to fuck people. But if every tech company has a contract like this, mm-hmm. then you can't be in tech. No, exactly. Well, then that's a systematic problem. So if you don't want to sleep with people, industry. you can't be a prostitute, and and you can't, you shouldn't but be able to be a prostitute. Prostitution is the definition of the job. What, what? What? That's what I'm saying, though. If it's universal and it's just the way it is, that's the way it is. Like, I see what you're saying, but prostitution is the product, mm. and the product with Amazon is its services. Mm. It's not. It, it owning your intellectual property, right? Well, again, the when product you sign is, it, it is. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's like, you know, I mean, I don't know how far we should go down the prostitution road, but it's kind of like, what's an example with that, right? It's like if you become a prostitute and your pimp uh, makes you sign a contract that says that, well, I don't you think know, they can do that. <laughs> no, I don't I'm, think it's legally to... <laughs> binding pimp contract. Maybe in Australia. I'm just trying to carry the analogy, but it's like mm-hmm. if your pimp gets you to sign a contract, being like, you know, asking for the rights over something that has nothing to do with the the sexual encounter in play. Right? I think the prostitute like, was a bad maybe analogy on my example. part. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I chose a bad one, guys. I'm sorry, but you get the idea. Right? I get the idea, yeah. but at the same time, again, I don't. It's good that they stopped it. Uh, all in all, that's great. Um, I think it's a good thing, um, but I don't feel bad for people that sign contracts that they later don't like. I don't feel bad about that at all. I mean, Dude. I've been forced to do it. I, I signed a contract to work at a company that I really wanted to work at because of its benefits and because of all kinds of things, good salary, yeah. all of this stuff. 
And it was, again, mandatory overtime once a month. And they claimed that it was, well, it's just once a month. It's a few hours. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's, they can't legally force you to do it because it's against the law to. Mm-hmm. But you're signing a contract to do it. You can still leave anytime you want after your your hours. The thing is, they don't have to renew your contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's it's not legal to force you. Yeah. What happened though was, uh, for one week out of every month, we had to work until two o'clock in the morning and then show up at eight the next day, for a full week every month. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you'll have to stay late once a month. Turned into something entirely different. Yeah. But I signed a contract. Yeah. Um, like this, and I wanted to stay working there. Yeah. Once I'd had enough of it, I said, fuck it. I don't yeah. want to work here anymore. So yeah. I'm okay leaving. Like this, this is how it goes at this company. If I want these benefits, if I want yeah. this pay, if I want to stay here, yeah. this is what I have to deal with. Yeah. And it wasn't clear to me at the beginning to what extent it was, but I agreed to it. Yeah. And I stayed at the job to as long as I did just because I wanted to. But like, again, I agreed to it and it was okay. Not exactly what I agreed to, but it wasn't so far off either. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, it's, it's all the wording and shit. And yeah. like I agreed to it. So yeah. the people that complained, there was a lot of people that complained like yeah. crazy all the time. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, if you don't like it, go work somewhere else. Yeah. Like, uh, well, that is good advice. Mm. That's still good advice, mm. right? Like, there's it, there's nothing wrong with that as advice. And I, I do agree with you. It is true if you accept a contract, you know, well, you accepted the contract. What do you want? But also, I feel like in order for the advice to, be, to apply well to an individual, there has to be other alternative options for the same field. Not so, just for, like, go become a garbage man. Yeah, or no. go become a doctor, right? Okay. Like, yeah. go to this other tech firm that doesn't do that, right? But if there is no other tech firm that doesn't do that, then you've got a systematic problem. Yeah, but again, a lot of them have... And uh, also, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but also, you know, your your example does also involve at least a work-related thing, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas this Amazon uh, policies example involves ideas employees are mm-hmm. having or projects that they're doing in their free time that aren't even related in any way, shape, or form to the actual workplace. The, except that except it's in the, the field that you're working in. Yeah, but that's also, I mean, we're not arguing about that, right? Mm-hmm. If they make something really close to what they're working on at the company, then of course the company should, you know, well, I don't know, should is it too no, strong? Maybe not, though. But they the company took... could, you know, take legal action, uh, well, and that wouldn't seem weird to me. Yeah, if they right? took something like cut and paste, you know, like as opposed to just ideas from other employees there, yeah. you know, like who knows? Um, I don't I. I don't know. Uh, but again, the whole like not being able to work in a field after leaving a certain company for certain shit, it's like, it's the way it works, you know? Like, um, well, maybe it shouldn't work like that. There's That's NDAs, the point I'm trying non-disclosure to get agreements are a thing. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't yeah. know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. It, Amazon Games, what have they made? Nothing, Sweet right? fuck all. Uh, so, the, the, the actual, the end of the article here, the Bloomberg article? Practically the games division has struggled since its inception in 2012 and can hardly afford another reputational hit. It has never released a success- successful game, and some current and former employees have placed the blame with Frizzini, the gentleman of the quote earlier. Bloomberg reported in January that Frizzini had hired veteran game developers and executives, but largely dismissed or ignored their advice. So to answer your question, not very much. They're currently working on, what's that game, New World, I want to say? 
MMO, okay. Okay. Amazon's New World. I think that's what it's called. I think you're right, yeah. Which actually, uh, from what I've seen, sounds like the perception is not bad. Mm-hmm. Like, So do all other game companies do that? Uh, I can't say. I would say I think no, so. more than likely. I mean, I think that they all have some sort of, or at least I should definitely shouldn't speak in uh, absolutes like that. But I think that a lot of them, at least, and I have heard this from people in uh, software development, mm-hmm. not necessarily in game development, but in software development, um, that it is quite common for companies to have some sort of policy like this. Whether it's as inclusive as this policy, because this one, like the guy it was stating, broadly, was very broad. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they usually have some sort of policy like that. Yeah. Uh, it's not uncommon, I think. Okay. Yeah. But again, to what extent and like if it is if it's not all identical then it doesn't uh, then you're not forced to stay there you know go yeah, to work really at a different company without a, without a careful examination of all the but elements, also right? it's like if they're not known for making good games like why <laughs> yeah, do you that's... need to work there well because you because it's a job I don't know get paid well well okay don't and, and then you don't have job, rights to have your to shit have to put food on the table yeah but have a wife again kids, again the mortgage you accept it um, then you accept what comes with it I guess just to, to close, I think we've probably hashed that out enough. Um, I, I think that that was actually a really good example of the kind of nuance uh, that we should have in a conversation. That's, I mean, I guess this isn't political, but I don't know, social, whatever you want to call yeah, it. I, I don't know what you want to what you want to call it, but it's not strictly informational. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But that was nice because you know I feel like I understand a bit more about why you're coming to this uh, issue in that way. You know mm. what I mean? Uh, or at least a little bit more than I did previously. And I wanted to also, I meant to do this before we started really getting into things, um, but I wanted to do a really quick follow-up on last week's episode. Just because um, it was significantly different than the stuff that we usually do. Everything that we discussed didn't make it into the episode. We ended up t- probably retaining about maybe half of, of the, the entire conversation. Okay. Um, and the reason why is just because the other things kind of didn't meet the... Um, I don't know, I guess, standards that we're they trying to achieve with the podcast. They weren't fleshed out enough, you know? Like, uh, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Exactly, yeah. There wasn't... They were kind of fun conversations, but we kind of left out a lot of Way things much, yeah. that we realized afterwards. It's like, it, it was a fun conversation, but someone needed to ask this question. Exactly. Or, or that exactly. question. Exactly. Or ask XYZ person, there was well, plenty the of the two of us, what they meant by whatever. There was plenty of things that actively wanted to say listening to it and be like oh well fuck I gosh shit um, so didn't quite get the point across properly or clearly exactly and, uh, exactly. and it had to be cut yeah. yeah yeah. I'm really happy that we still ended up uh, have, being able to retain um, the portion about uh, where we discussed the Activision Blizzard stuff mm-hmm. I think it was a really fun conversation mm-hmm. and even though yeah it's it could it could have been a little bit more fleshed out mm-hmm. there could For have sure. been some stuff we could have asked that we didn't it was a first time trial that we did right so it was a first time <laughs> trial yeah um, and we'll work on this kind of thing in the future and if we return to topics like that we'll try to tackle it just a bit more thoroughly yeah, yeah. perhaps um, and um, yeah and regardless hope you enjoyed it uh, I'm still happy that we had that little segment and um, we'll try it again sometime yeah I'm but um, that's Amazon uh, good old Amazon we'll, we'll take a little break good old Jeff Bezos gotta love him be right back So here, listen, we're back. We might as well do a little intro while, while I'm scrolling through uh, documents here. But yeah, we just wanted to clarify before we uh, get into the news that um, we realized after the fact that we weren't totally positive if we actually stated how we feel. About this <laughs> I don't think we did. I, I don't think we did. We may not have. Uh, but I think uh, I, I am at least 100% for this. Oh, I'm me too. Ha- no, I'm 100% for it. <laughs> Fuck Amazon. Yeah, we're both pretty happy that uh, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. removing this kind of somewhat draconian, arguably draconian policy from mm. uh, from. Uh, uh, people working in their spare time. 
Um, it sucks to have the idea of like, you know, even if you're at like a, like say you work at Bungie or something, it's a bit more understandable in that case, but say you work at Bungie and it's like, you know, you work on a game in your spare time, it'd be nice to think I don't necessarily have to leave the studio in order to be able to make some side project that has nothing to do with, you know, Destiny 2 or whatever, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you want to make a top-down isometric RPG, that turn-based battle game. It's like, clearly has nothing to do with any of their intellectual properties. It's yeah. like, it would be nice to not fear that, uh, you know, yeah. they're going to try and claim that. <clears throat> Moving on to the news, uh, we've got number one here. I'll use IGN... Uh, IGN's uh, headline here, Abandon's 5GB real-time experience patch is the four-second teaser that Blue Box already released. Uh, we just wanted to come back to Abandon, or I wanted to come back to Abandon. Teague didn't really, but I felt like coming back to Abandon because I, fee- I, fe- I feel a somewhat of an obligation to the listeners because we had what I would say is arguably one of our best episodes discussing the the conspiracy. The legitimately extremely exciting conspiracy mm-hmm. that was the massive Hideo Kojima thing with all the like connecting yeah, the dots. Yeah, it was fun. The, it was super fun. Yeah. It's one of the most fun I've ever had recording a podcast with you. That's oh, for sure. Great, great. Um, and uh, I think it, I heard at least from one or two people that they really liked it too. Yeah, so I wanted to come back to it mainly because of that. And I think before I go any further that I can pretty safely say at this point in time, I'm so angry at this company now <laughs> that, uh, or rather, this this developer, because it almost doesn't even seem like a company, because there still is no one tangibly actually working at Blue Box Studios besides Hassan Karaman. <laughs> There's still zero confirmed employees besides him, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm so angry now that, and I feel so like taken advantage of that. I'm not going to talk about this guy ever after this specific segment, right? Unless they actually release something, I'm a hundred percent. I'm a hundred and fifty percent behind that. Um, I don't think they need. They deserve a fucking word about them. Any, any sort of advertisement for them, like whatsoever. Uh, yeah. I, I just think like once they put something out, cool, we'll talk about it. But until they do, I think they're just getting too much attention for being assholes, or or maybe they've just played the game too far now. You know. And that's it's the tipping point for me. Like it was fun yeah. talking about the jokes. Okay, in August, yeah, something's gonna come, and then this is what they do. So I'm kind of just, I don't know. I'm on the side of saying screw you. Yeah, I think I fall mostly on the side of how Young A feels about this. Uh, in his video titled "Blue Box Ridiculed by Internet After Disastrous Abandoned Trailer App Launch and Baffling Trailer." You know, after just talking about literal headlines, that is <laughs> also an extremely long and very literal headline. Yeah. But um, that's what the video is called. Uh, okay. And uh, like we were just saying, yeah, Young Ye is fantastic. He uh, he really is a nice... Uh, he covers things well. And, would you call uh, him a newscaster? I think I would. That's certainly what he feels like. No, that's that's where I get most of my video game news from. It's yeah. like you see an article and I'm like, I want to hear what he has to say about it. Cause he He's really nice. generally has more to say about it than the article says. You yeah. know, like he... Like, well, the history of the whatever, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. he, he dives deep into whatever he's talking about. He does exactly what I would like to do as a podcaster, <laughs> right? Um, and yeah, he gives, like, like like you said, he gives a lot of context. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically the actual news is that finally the abandoned um, real-time experience app did launch. It was available for preload, like, I don't I want to say like a week ago. It had another couple delays, like, they, while they were, like, working out kinks. Um, it got, like, delayed again last minute. Uh, there was a bunch of... Another thing that uh, Young A draws attention to that is extremely suspect is that there was a bunch of tweets that were published by Blue Box about the delays of the trailer mm. that they then removed later. Hmm. There was a lot of tweet removing going on of them being like, you know, the patch is coming, we're working on something last minute, then the, the tweet gets removed. Like, the you know, the patch is now this, and then, like, the tweet later gets removed. It's kind yeah. of almost like they didn't want to leave any previous messaging out there for some reason. 
<laughs> who knows why. Um, but uh, the real-time experience app, which I, again, I'm sort of like, I, I took a little bit of time while researching this trying to understand exactly why the fuck does this app have to exist in the first... So it's a real-time experience app. And I think what the idea is that they're trying to differentiate, differentiate it from a trailer is that they state multiple times all the footage in this real-time experience app is being recorded on actual devices. It's like supposed to be a real-time experience, as in like they played the thing, and then this is the this is the the recording of the playing. Okay. So in that sense, it's not a trailer. But I still don't really understand why the hell. And when you get in the actual menu of this real-time experience app, it looks even more like just like a trailer thing, hmm. where it's just like there's like five videos listed and only one you can click on. It's this two-second like teaser that shows nothing. <laughs> so the whole thing is like, and I can't help but feel like Sony is responsible for some of this too, because Sony not only had um, a PlayStation blog article talking about this game, but let them do this app, right? This new way of making trailers and has said sweet fuck all about you know, how they're really kind of jerking around the people trying to watch this stuff. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, it's a little... I'm starting to feel more and more like, why is Sony this sort of complicit in what's going on without saying anything? It's weird. It is weird. But anyways, like, so yeah, the app finally came out. There was multiple delays. And then the, the, the teaser finally came. And it was like a two-second... Yeah, four or something. Or yeah, it really. didn't work to begin with. Then there a five-gigabyte patch was made available. A five-fucking-gig patch. Which the Yang Ye in his video too, he downloads this patch and like gets to the thing, and it's the exact same two second video again. So the five gigabyte patch did nothing. It's super weird. Uh, probably gave the... you some malware or something, and it's gonna brick your system. Fortunately, <laughs> I think that's more or less impossible with uh, PlayStation's architecture. <laughs> but totally joking. No, you have a yeah. I mean, that's an extremely valid concern. Like um, in in a less closed architecture, that would be yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. exactly what I would think. Yeah, but um. Yeah, so I think I, you know, t uh, to come back to Yang Ye, I think I feel kind of how he feels, which is he just feels sort of jerked around by these guys at this point in time. Mm -hmm. And like, okay, you wasted our time. You wasted our trust. There's nothing here. You're not showing anything. You know, you let this Hideo Kojima conspiracy thing run completely wild. You didn't say anything about it. You just cashed in on all the, like, attention and, like, whatever. And you have literally zero to show for it. Mm. So kind of just fuck you again. Sort of, yeah. No, I'm, up, I'm, I'm feeling that way, too. I, I don't even want to talk about them anymore. And until yeah. something actually... They, put, they actually put something out, I don't think they deserve any recognition whatsoever. I don't even want to fucking say the name after this. Yeah. Like, I don't want to say the name Abandon. <clears throat> I don't want to talk about Hassan Karaman. Like, yeah. No, I'm done. I'm like, done there has it. to be, a, like, it, there has to be a game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Either and someone I've... played, like, a full demo that you can show the, the gameplay mm -hmm. or, like, I don't know, a five-minute trailer at least or something. Yeah, again, teasing. Even that. Again, like... teasing and letting conspiracies go and whatnot is fine to a certain extent. And then I, I feel like they just went... They let the joke go too long. And, exactly. Uh, and <clears throat> it's pissed a lot of people off. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I feel similarly to how I felt when I uh, fell victim to an apartment scam. Which okay. is like, yeah, I of course participated in too, and I was really upset that I let myself get tricked exactly, by that yeah. kind of stuff. But it's like, that's kind of how I felt was like, oh, you took advantage of my not knowing that much about this mm -hmm. to like try and promise something that was... You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. That's exactly how this feels. And... To come back to the young uh, young video again, one thing I did not think was interesting is that he talked a lot about this image that someone put together. Yeah, a lot of people on on Reddit have been uh, trying to put together a bit more 
uh, of a fleshed out history of what um, what they've done. Yeah, what Blue Box has actually done. Uh, and Yang Ye talks about this uh, picture image that was put together by, I believe, a Reddit user uh, whose name is Brutal Sam. Okay. Um, and the image uh, actually talks about the history of a Blue Box Studios and exactly what's gone on. And here we have, I'm just going to read a couple of these in bullet point form. 2015, announced horror game called Rewind. Delayed playable teaser for game because of quote-unquote technical issues. Said it'll have VR, then announced they cancelled it. Cancelled Kickstarter. Said game development is on halt, and they'll tell us when it continues. Said they have a new project. Announces development has been resumed. Game never released. Website deleted. 2015. Announces PC-exclusive horror game Lost Tape. Said they'll stream gameplay soon. Game never came out. Deleted from IndieDB website. 2017. Announces new horror game The Whisperer coming out 2017. Game never came out. 2018. Announces multiplayer horror game Unseen Faces. Game never came out. 2019. Releases broken... Broken mobile app called Tales of the Six Swords. Stole anime character art and made it this app's icon. Sudden updates coming to the non-working app. Removed app from store. 2020 releases horror game, horrible horror game called The Haunting on Steam Early Access. Game receives 100% negative reviews. Remove the buy option. Says a big update's coming soon. Delays update. Update never released. They quit developing. Give the game to Creative Interactive to finish it. This fake studio doesn't finish development either. 2021, abandoned. <laughs> so basically, you'd have to be an idiot to be excited for them at all i was unaware of any of this stuff if i knew about any of no, it no one I, knew about this i never would have even talked about them um, no one no one knew about it all so they're a scam yeah. studio that's exactly what they seem like yeah they seem so, like a fake so ass why are we scam talking studio. about them <laughs> forget yeah. about it yeah no fuck I mean, abandoned I yeah fuck blue box like i said the only reason is because we had a big giant discussion about the game before so mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. i don't want to not acknowledge it no but, fair uh, enough but from now I on think we're out. <laughs> i think yeah i know peace out on yeah. blue box man yeah. blue box can yeah. Fuck right off. Kind of. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know it had that. So done. I didn't know it had that kind of it's track intense, record. That's right? crazy. It's fucking mental. That's a scam studio. That's a scam studio. Somebody's getting yeah. rich. Yeah. It, it makes these me think of guys. these crowdfunded video games that make millions mm. of dollars and then never come out. You know. It's like it's exactly what I was counseling my brother about with crowdfunding stuff a long time ago. I was mm-hmm. like, it can be really good, but you got to be really careful. Mm-hmm. You know, like half the stuff's legit, half the stuff's not, and half the stuff wants to be legit, but just never takes off. Just never takes off. Yeah, yeah like they may have the best intentions, but like you know, Wasn't the reality is Friday the Thirteenth crowdfunded. A lot of actually pretty good games are. Yeah, yeah, there are for sure really good shining examples. Mm-hmm. And then there's other stuff that just never came in. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, so that's that's enough for a bend. Yep. Never again. We're abandoning abandoned. We are abandoning abandoned <laughs> and all their abandoned games. Yo, forget uh, God, those guys. Uh, so that takes us on to number two, which is Spec Ops The Line creative director and Nine Inch Nails guitarist launched new game studio, Eyes Out. Should I just uh, go ahead on this yep. one? You were yep. not that not too thrilled. I mean, uh, it's, it's kind we're of not neat. excited. I mean, I guess, but uh, from what I saw, it, it, nothing to talk about even. The only reason why I got excited about this one, and I usually am not too excited about it, especially there's been a lot of new studios announced recently that have very non-tangible things, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I guess the reason why I was excited about this one was just the property, was Spec Ops The Line, mm-hmm. um, because it's the creative director of that game. And I don't think he's... He's worked on like a PlayStation VR game that I want to say is called Here We Lie, but I can't remember. It's like a yeah. horror horror VR game. It's the only thing he's done since Spec Ops The Line. Spec Ops The Line was 2012. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I was excited because, well, you know, the Nine Inch Nails got my attention because I, oh, I'm a huge Nine Inch Nails fan. Uh, the guitarist in question, uh, whose name I, I escapes me at the moment, but he was the uh, guitarist on the t- t- 2002 
2000-2002 live tour, uh, which the album was extremely good. Okay. Uh, but um, So that got my attention, but then the Spec Ops line creative director, that game's just one of these games that anytime I hear stuff about it, I'm like, wow, that sounded like an actually really interesting game. Hmm. Uh, and it's a, the, the cool thing about, and the, the, what makes that a little unique too, is that it's a war game. And it hmm. is a very standard war game. Okay. It like externally looks pretty much like a third person Call of Duty. Hmm. It's in third person, so I guess more like Gears of War, but it's like serious, like totally serious, like uh, takes itself extremely seriously. You know, it's just a cover based uh, war shooter. Like a buddy shooter kind of thing, um, and it looks externally like exactly like. And I read a lot about the game uh, while researching this. Apparently, that was very much the studio's intent. Also, was okay. to make it look 100% like just another Call of Duty game type thing, um, and then to insert all this like insidious, really interesting like a uh, uh, discussion of like what war is like and and like you know really interesting like moral explorations but to wind this into the game gently and insidiously over time where it gets more and more sort of like messed up and weird and gray and murky over time hmm. and becomes more and more like a descent into just like either madness or darkness mm -hmm. than just a but it looks like a, a but like a no, totally normal military shooter okay and that's the point that's right? kind of cool it's really interesting and i think that it's also a game that um, on the Sacred Symbols podcast, which I love, Colin is always talking extremely glowingly about uh, Spec Ops: The Line, both yep. by the same by this creative director Corey Davis, uh, and Colin also talks more about the writer, who is Walt Williams. Okay, I want to say I always get con confused with the name of the Walter guy from uh, Yeah, Walter White. Walter White, yeah. <laughs> this is Walt Williams, uh, apparently a very good writer. Maybe he also um, cooks meth, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Corey Davis, uh, so he did Spec Ops Line, he was the creative director. He also worked on the Condemned and Fear franchises. Okay, yeah. Are you no, familiar I, with those? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very interesting franchises, especially if you consider that he worked on those first, which are a little bit more mainstream, and then sort of like uh, segued into a really weird military shooter. Like, he worked on very sort of standard horror games and then sort of used that knowledge to inform, like, a serious military game. That's kind of cool, yeah. It's really fascinating. Uh, and, um, yeah, so Colin is always talking about uh, Spec Ops Line and just talking about how much he loved the writing and he loved the story. I'm going to, uh, real quick, just take a, give you a quote from... The Wikipedia actually quotes Colin on this uh, from his time at IGN, I believe. Yeah, in 2014, former IGN senior, senior editor Colin Moriarty included Spec Ops The Line in his list of 25 top favorite games of all time and wrote, What I found underneath its bro-shooter facade was perhaps one of the best stories I've ever experienced in a game, all built around an entirely awesome third-person cover-based shooter. Spec Ops is underrated, and it will never see a sequel, nor should it, but it's a must-play for the story alone. Cool. Yeah, I, I, I just think, I think the game, the game sounds amazing. I it sounds pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, I've read a lot about, uh, it looks a little rough now because it's kind of old, mm -hmm. 2012, but um, sort of explores war themes in a way that I think something like ba the Battle of Six Days in Fallujah, or just Six mm -hmm. Days, I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was just Six Days, yeah. Maybe just Six Days, uh, in a way that Six Days kind of can't because Six Days is talking about a real thing, mm -hmm. right? It, like, it explores all the themes that I think Six Days wants to explore, but in a way that, are, that probably work way better because it's not trying to like... It's actually telling a story, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Like a story based on real stuff. Yeah, or yeah, like yeah, yeah. A story Something that actually happened, yeah. So yeah, anyway, so that's kind of all I have to say about it. I just... I think the pedigree of the people involved is interesting. Yeah, um, to say the least. Yeah. And because of that, you know, particularly, I didn't know he worked on Condemned and Fear, and uh, I have some limited experience with both those franchises, and I think they're yes. both pretty interesting, too. Cool. Um, uh, they have said that the only real tangible thing is that the game they're working on, they describe as 
the guitarist uh, from Nine Inch Nails adds that the project explores, he's obviously involved for sound reasons, mm -hmm. um, he, he says that the, the project explores the theme of human consciousness as it relates to the seen and unseen properties of vibration and sound. That's very highfalutin, and I have no idea what it means. Um, but also, Corey Davis says that the studio is focusing on making a, a single-player immersive cosmic horror game with an emphasis on environmental storytelling. Hmm. And I, th yeah, I think that sounds cool. So, particularly with his background. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, and he's an actual guy that made tangible stuff. There's nothing like, you know, yeah, we can, we can see yeah. his history quite clearly. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I think it sounds uh, neat. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. It's like Spec Ops was also probably not a game for me because I don't really like military shooters that much. Fair enough. But there's just all the storytelling of it. I'm like, seems cool. Yeah. I can't applaud more, you know. It's, mm -hmm. like, it's exactly the kind of thing that I would like in video games. Yeah. And uh, let's move on to number three, which is Atomic Heart. Yeah, I guess number three is really, um, t you know, I saw this on IGN, but it's taken from a WCC Tech article, which is not, sorry, WCCF Tech, uh, not a website that I'm really familiar with. Um, but their headline was, Atomic Heart is at stage of polishing, devs confirm two endings and stable performance on PS4, which is particularly nice given the recent cyberpunk controversy. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, Atomic Heart, uh, you probably remember from when we covered it on uh, E3? Not for me, but it does look very cool. I think it looks I won't really play. cool. Yeah. I think it's it's currently my uh, my most anticipated game. Okay, because it's like it's pretty concrete, right? Like I mean, we've seen. I, I was I've been getting gradually more and more excited about this game because at first it seemed very like that's impossible. Mm. Like clearly you can't make a game that looks that good. The initial footage they showed was this like photographic realism trailer or something that looked like mind blowing, and I was just like, this can't be real. It's impossible. Mm. It's got to be. You know, it's like you, you doctored this somehow, mm. right? You can't be a studio as big like as small as you are. I and just, come up with something that's good. Yeah, but they keep uh, they keep they kept releasing new stuff. Like then there was um, like I didn't uh, see this before, but there was like a 2019 like 10 minute gameplay demo that looks extremely real, where you hmm. see a guy play the game for 10 solid minutes. Really cool. Then there was a seven minute boss fight, uh, mini boss fight. Um, hmm. I think we watched a long time ago, but it got lost in all the. Mm -hmm. We watched a million videos around E3. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like a boss fight that looked extremely cool. And then there was that E3 trailer. So it's sort of. I've been slowly being more and more like, I guess this is a real game. Hey. Okay. Then the E3 trailer to me was just like mind blowing. Mm -hmm. Like it was a really beautiful, like a beautifully done trailer. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, it just looks super, super fucking weird. And. This just came out about... Um, I don't really care about the actual news. I just want to talk about Atomic Heart. Right. The news itself is just that the devs have yeah, confirmed um, stable performance on PS4, which is nice. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, uh, there was all this talk about... Uh, basically, people are saying... All the headlines are like, oh, you're going to have um, you know, cool... Uh, yeah, there's two different endings. You'll have cool moral decisions to make. And like, you know, it'll funnel you into one of two endings. I couldn't care less about this stuff. I think mm -hmm. it's like, whatever. Who cares? But um, just the fact that it's clearly actually so so close to being finished i'm like i guess this is a real thing yeah i don't think it has a release date i want to say 2021 but it's relatively soon mm -hmm. uh, and you can tell i think by the state of the game it looks like it wouldn't be surprising if it was relatively soon no it looks done basically it looks pretty much done especially if you look at the long gameplay trailers you're like okay well they clearly have entire levels that are like completely finished um yeah i just think the game looks incredible uh, and the headline was not that interesting but it got me to research it a bit mm. I found out also that, um, not, so it is coming to PS4, even though it's, the marketing is all for Xbox, but it's coming the same day to PS4 nice. and PS5. The game also has, uh, the studio just sounds amazing. Um, yeah, it looks so much like Bioshock. Mm -hmm. Like, it looks like it has so much of the Bioshock DNA, but, like, even fucking weirder. 
like yeah. way weirder than Bioshock. Like, kind of, yeah. And Bioshock was pretty fucking weird. It was very weird, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. It looks totally like Bioshock. I was saying earlier, crossed with like Metro, crossed with I don't know Control, maybe like in the sense of the weird telekinetic powers yeah. they use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I read this, which also kind of got my uh, on PC Gamer. There's an article where they have just a summary. I think it's called Everything We Know About Atomic Heart. And um, Russian developer too, and I love the fucking uh, yeah. They have, they have really nice Russian voice actors in the um, in all the all the stuff they're working on, which is great. Mm. Uh, I'm looking forward to. I hope I can listen to it. I can play it in Russian with like English subtitles, mm-hmm. like really nice. Yeah, they have a crafting system for makeshift weapons. Like nice. they show weapons with like you know they have stats and stuff, and you have to assemble these from like parts you find. That's awesome. Very Metro kind mm-hmm. of. Uh, it is awesome. So it has like light RPG elements. Like it's not a role playing game, but it has like inventory and stuff, you mm-hmm. know, like some limited crafting. And uh, yeah, here we go. Atomic Heart will have PvP multiplayer and maybe co op. Uh, this I didn't know at all until right now. I don't know how I, I missed this before, but yeah, the devs say the story is designed to be played solo, but they're thinking about co op mode, quote unquote. But they have more concrete plans for PvP multiplayer. If you're ready to challenge other players, a secret railway will get you to a special region meant for PvP battle, reads the game's website. And um, that's cool. super weird and cool. Pretty cool. It's like uh, just another little thing of like, what is this fucking random-ass game? Mm, that's very like, cool. So totally out there. I mean, I would really counsel anybody listening to just go watch the E3 trailer. Mm-hmm. It's the most wacky and the most de- demonstrating of just how fucking strange the game is. It looks weird. It looks very weird. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, that's um, something to be excited for. for sure. I can't wait, man. Mm-hmm. Can't fucking When wait. does it come out? I'm pretty sure it's just 2020. 2021 is what it's listed for, I think. This year, that's pretty good. Atomic Hearts release. I feel like it'll get it pushed, like but probably and a half not much. For this year. It still has a release date of some point in 2021. Hey, it's four so and a half months. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's at least... I, I think that maybe it'll delay. There, I, I don't think they're a really big developer, but I don't think it'll delay by a lot. Mm, something to keep an eye out for. Definitely something to keep an eye out for. Moving on to number four, which is unfortunately another very Joss-centric news item. Uh, Nintendo Indie World Showcase uh, on the 11th of August. Uh, so I will <laughs> go ahead and leap into this because I think Teague has little to no interest. Yeah, no, I didn't watch it, and I don't care for Nintendo overly. So it's Switch. It's Switch exclusive. It's right? your thing, right? Like, yeah, it's totally this is your cup of tea. It's Switch, and it's also all indie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all indie stuff that is mostly pixel art. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm not usually that. Like lately, I feel like I feel like largely, you know, the indie. The, the modern indie is kind of on the decline. Mm. Like, we had a really, really... There was, like, a golden age that happened, like, I want to say, right around when Braid and Fez and all that stuff was coming out. And then, like, culminated with, like, stuff like... Uh, kind of culminated with stuff like Hollow Knight. Mm. Um, which was actually pretty recent, but... I feel like largely the indie games these days, I'm less interested in them than I used to be. Fair enough. It's becoming harder and harder to find ones that I'm like, oh, that actually looks really unique. Mm. I think it's also also kind of like I've played so many... 2D Metroidvanias by three guys in a basement mm-hmm. that it's like it's really starting to lose its appeal for me fair enough <laughs> lost its appeal to me back in 19 and 90 something <laughs> <laughs> totally totally uh, but yeah this one is uh, surprisingly uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff here the biggest news this is actually the, the thing I'm the most excited to talk about this podcast episode and why I was so excited to come here was that Loop Hero is fucking coming out on Switch <laughs> and that is like Mind-boggling. I just lo- I lost my shit. Yeah, when I yeah. saw it. Yeah, I had been googling two days earlier. Like, is Loop Hero just not ever going to come out on any console ever? Because mm. why? 
um, being totally baffled because they had some crazy headline where they sold like I wish I could remember the number but it was in like in the millions right it was in the, something in the millions within like the first week which is like unheard of for a game like this and it's just like oh my god why can it not come to console I want to play it so badly yeah, like great. Joel has been telling me friend of the show uh, Joel has been uh, playing it uh, quite a bit um, mm. and he really really likes it all the reviews are amazing I just can't fucking wait so yeah Loop Hero is coming out this winter perfect and uh I will very, very, very much be playing that. A hundred percent. Day one for sure. And we'll, I, I will be very excited to share my uh, nice. thoughts and thoughts and experiences. And uh, real quick, a couple of the games. Tetris Effect Connected. It's Tetris, but it does look like a really good version of Tetris. Some people like Tetris. Uh, I'm usually not impressed, but this one I was like, oh, yeah, that's actually, it has some remarkably high uh, production values. Eastward. Eastward comes out September 16th. Uh, it is a super weird looking um, or sort of earthboundy kind of feeling game that I just think looks different enough to pay attention to. Okay. Uh, Matt's also excited about that one. Metal Slug Tactics. Uh, this is slated for 2022. Metal Slug Tactics we talked about before on the mm-hmm. E3 thing. Yeah, I do vaguely recall. It's the sort of G.I. Joe cartoon looking tactics game. Mm. I think this is a really fascinating idea just because it's Metal Slug, which is a previously Contra-like game mixed with a tactical game, which is a super weird fit. Right. Um, and then also, unfortunately, we didn't have time to include these articles in this in this week's episode, but uh, there were several articles coming out about, I think the developer's name is Dotemu. I'll correct myself next time if I got that wrong. But um, they talked a lot about their influences, how they want to redo a lot of old franchises like yeah. Conan, Terminator, other nostalgic action franchises. That was a separate article on IGN. And IGN did an exclusive interview with the makers of Metal Slug Tactics uh, in which, I di- again, I didn't get time to get into it, but where they described um, or they talk about how Into the Breach is a key inspiration uh, for the game. And Into the Breach, I've played a lot. That's by the makers of FTL. It's a fantastic mech, like, turn-based strategy game. Okay. Um, and I just, I'm really excited about all these things coming together. It's like, they have really good influences. You know, Muddle Slug is interesting. The game, lo- there's a new trailer out from the Indie Showcase. It looks really cool. It's very polished. Really nice pixel art. It's a fascinating idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely paying a lot of attention to that one too. And is that it? Um, yeah, and I guess quick shout out also to Boyfriend Dungeon. Uh, this is a super weird one. Came out the same day that the uh, showcase was, which was August 11th. Mostly want to talk about Boyfriend Dungeon because the I think the game doesn't sound that fun to me. It's certainly not my style. So what it is, it's half Diablo and it's half dating sim. And the way it works okay. is you, you date your swords so like like getting a new kind of sword it's like you have to date them to like increase their power and like make them like i don't really know Uh, i didn't get that far into it i think it's a really fascinating idea to just combine these jars i don't want to play it but i think the idea of melding these jars together is really interesting it is interesting for sure yeah and the game has had um not bad reviews okay like not amazing but definitely not bad also uh, and I do think that uh, the developer is pretty fascinating. They're actually Kid Fox Games. They are from Montreal. Uh, I've seen the... Um, the I, I want to say the lead... If one of the leads at the company is a female whose name is, I want to say, Tanya something. But honestly, I, I can't remember. But I met her uh, like 10 years ago at like a gaming expo at Dawson, I think. Okay. Uh, nice. She was showing off her game Moon Hunters, which came out in like, I want to say like 2012 or something or 2014. And Moon Hunters was like a Diablo-like game that ultimately was not that good, but that had a lot of really interesting ideas in it and beautiful artwork and like... It was, it was, it was, it had the right idea, but it just didn't, it couldn't meet the execution. Right. But the game still was a lot of fun. I played it a lot. Um, Their games are kind of like a little, 
underappreciated, I feel like. Okay. Um, but yeah, Boyfriend Dungeon looks cool, and I'm happy that they're doing another uh, Sounds project. Sounds weird as hell. They're weird, man. That sounds well, very strange. Moon but... Hunters was super normal. It was just a Diablo game, right? Like, it was totally just a Diablo game. Um, so I think it's cool that they're trying something weird and different. I didn't even know there were dating sims. Oh, that's totally a genre. I had that's no idea. totally a genre. I had no clue. Well, usually it's only dating sim, and there's no action. Well, I would So this one at least has action. I guess, yeah. But, like, what the hell do you do on a dating sim? <laughs> Don't ask me, man. I I couldn't have less interest in playing these games. I'm just like... I, again, I just... I mean, I'm baffled by it. Like, I'm just in awe that it exists. I'm kind of like, baffled by it, too. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. But, hey, this game has hack and slash. Hey, <laughs> so that's all least, that matters. At least there's and that. And you can have a relationship with your sword. That's cool. You can have a relationship with your sword. It's a, it's a neat idea. It's kind of um, neat. It is. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing different shit. Yeah. Which that's, is all that needs... Uh, you got to applaud that. You got to applaud that. Um, and uh, let's take a really short break. Yeah. And we come back. Okay. Uh, so we're back. And we're going to talk about uh, number five here, which is, uh, this is off an RGN article. I wasn't able to find really much of an original source, but uh, streamer Dr. Disrespect is starting up a new game studio. So, T, why don't you tell us about this? Oh, I don't... There's... What, tell me what you know about uh, Dr. Disrespect. Um, well, you have more of an actual familiarity with the character. I'm I had zero. I'm pretty sure he was... Uh, I, I saw him as, like, GIFs. Um, like, short little video, almost like memes and stuff of him. Like, uh, he's been around for a while, I think. He's a crazy guy. Um, but he's entertaining. Uh, and it's sort of like Ali G of video games, you know? Okay. It's a character that... Not Ali G so much, like, his not the same as Ali G but it's 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 a character a persona that he puts on and I don't know he's uh, he's become quite uh, popular right yeah and yeah. Um, very successful he had an exclusivity contract with Twitch I think um, right and yeah. then he got banned and yeah. again not really knowing why yeah he was banned in 2020 permanently banned <laughs> <laughs> it says here on the article too he wants temporarily beam it just says I guess beam is his last name uh, otherwise known as Dr. Disrespect. Uh, yeah, in 20... He says he was once temporarily banned from Twitch for bringing a film crew inside an E3 bathroom. Okay. <laughs> and then permanently banned later from Twitch for reasons that are unclear. Yeah, I don't yeah. watch his streams, so I, I don't know if there was something that happened in one, or he's talked about something that he maybe uh, they didn't like. I, I don't know. Um, I'd literally never heard of this guy before I saw this article. <laughs> well, when you mentioned it, I was like... As streamer, I was like, Dr. Disrespect, the name didn't ring a bell, but I was like, guy with glasses and a mullet and mustache? You're like, yes. Like, I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> He's had some epic freakouts in, uh, okay. in, on games and stuff, like where you just... Is he kind of like, you ever see those Dark Souls videos? Uh, Dark, what are they called? Dark Souls Epic Fails or something? It's like a guy just screaming at Dark Souls for how dumb it's difficult Basically. Basically. Yeah. I think that was like one of the first times I'd seen him was those exact things. You know, like yeah. him just losing it about something and and he's he's funny you know like yeah, um, yeah. anyway nobody knows what's uh, what's going on other than he's starting a studio right pretty much and, yeah and um yeah. Uh, and he is a former developer isn't he yeah yeah that's that's what i thought that was the cool thing about it yeah he's apparently well the article says uh, yeah well plenty of streamers have dabbled with game development beam actually was a former developer who became a full-time streamer but he isn't without controversy so yeah, it does. I don't know what he worked. It doesn't say what he worked on, right? But, um, yeah, he is at least a former developer. So yeah, well that's cool. I mean, it's I'm, kind of I'm curious as hell. I'm I'm super curious. Like uh, <laughs> this, I I get a kick out of this guy. Yeah, um, no, I mean, oh look, 
Okay, this is, uh, again, this IGN article lacks details a little bit, but here, according to a job listing Beam shared on his Twitter account, the former Call of Duty level designer, so I guess oh, okay. I guess there you go, I guess he well, was a former Call of Duty level designer, is looking for a co-founder to help start up a new AA slash AAA gaming studio that has a unique twist. What this unique twist is uh, seems to be unclear at the moment, but according to Beam, whatever game his studio ends up making, it will be developed in partnership with a select list of mega influencers who hmm. will work closely with the studio to launch their dream game. <laughs> interesting, interesting. <laughs> interesting, interesting. It's very curious. Sounds disrespectful. Could be. Could be. <laughs> Could be. Uh, yeah, I don't really, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add? Not really. I mean, again, Neither it's just something I. to keep an eye out for, see what he yeah. does. I mean, um, again, I'm, I'm curious why he got banned from Twitch. Same here, truth. same here. Maybe he knows and, and just none of the media outlets know. That's possible, possible. too. Possible. Right? I, I feel like, again, in the IGN video... Uh, the two-minute video that was in the article. Mm. I, I feel like you may say something about it not knowing. I um, should have watched that. But anyways, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, something to keep an eye out on. Totally. And, uh, I mean, like I was telling Tigo Side earlier, uh, it's, to me, more exciting than when like a bunch of just X-Blizzard and Bungie developers absolutely. start a new studio to make probably an X-Blizzard Bungie developer game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? like, exactly. <laughs> a little bit more interesting. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, and that takes us to number six, which is Ghost of Tsushima Legends standalone version announced, finally, plus new mode, August 4th. Which is pretty cool. I mean, uh, I was surprised that they threw in the Legends for free. I thought that was just, like, the most amazing thing they could possibly do. It's one of the coolest Um, things a studio has done, a AAA studio has done in a really long time. I was floored by it. Um, So to make it standalone makes sense. No, you know, like at a reduced price, obviously. It's not the same as the full price game. $20? Yeah. I I guess that's probably 20 USD. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I saw sixteen ninety nine might have been pounds. Um, I got uh, there was a couple of different currencies, but yeah, I, I feel like it's under twenty bucks. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, new game mode seems cool. You know? Yeah, called Rivals, right? That's new right. Rivals mode, which um, you were saying is uh, compared to a lot of people are comparing it to the Destiny. Yeah, uh, Destiny's Gambit mode. Gambit, which is I, I always described as like Destiny's soccer. It's kind okay. of like you, you both were killing enemies to get collect moats to deposit in your moat bank. Right. And then it's like if you deposit enough, you want you just want to get moats faster than the other guys. Mm-hmm. And when you hit a certain levels, you get to invade the other team and try to kill them, which makes them drop their moats. Right. Yeah. Something vaguely like that. It seems pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Some uh, sort of wave-based enemy thing, but like there's some interaction between players. You well, collect a you, currency or something. Yeah. That's it. I think uh, I forget what it was called in uh, in Ghost. They're, they have a name for it. Um, and it's like yeah, you can put curses on them. You can stop them from getting shrines that give them special abilities and stuff and uh i don't know it just seems uh, pretty much it, you can just make it harder for the other team mm-hmm. i think um but it, i'm pretty sure it comes down to a race as to who wins for or who kills more people faster yeah pretty yeah, that really does sound a lot like it actually yeah <laughs> pretty much well, that, Very close. that's what i got out of it anyways we'll yeah. see when it uh, when it comes out i'll give it a try totally, probably totally but, uh, i haven't done ghost of tsushima in quite some time i mean they there was a lot of stuff with but when they added legends, like uh, at first it was whatever, but then they added the uh, what were they called stupid long raids maybe yeah raids, I think maybe? I think they may have been raids yeah stupid long things it took ages to accomplish you know and um, well again very cool but uh, I never got into it you know mm-hmm. I never tried it out it was just too much very cool game I mean for twenty bucks I think it's well worth it for. Well, that's what's amazing about it. It's a single-player game. They added Legends, mm-hmm. which is the, the co-op stuff. But to have 
the standalone legends i think is like really smart you know because totally a lot of people i know would be very interested in that but not so much interested not so interested in spending 80 bucks on a game where only a part of it is that you know um absolutely i could totally see a lot of folks uh, i know getting into it and, yeah uh, yeah and this will make that happen i'm sure seems like a really smart move yeah yeah i think, I, so. I think it's fantastic i think they're doing everything right in this case it's a, a really good price uh, there's also a really nice smooth transition price too if you want to get the full game afterwards you just pay the difference mm -hmm. it's like you pay 40 instead of 60 you know and you get both things then which is amazing it's great i've been very impressed with sucker punch with this game yeah um yeah. overall i've just yeah. it's it kind of a breath of fresh air uh, to me in I have to agree I was kind of yeah I don't know not so down on them on everybody but I, I didn't expect that type of behavior yeah um, especially after you know like Rockstar yeah um, no totally <laughs> man it's, totally. Uh, yeah. it's commendable behavior yeah I'm happy for them I think they're doing well and I think that's great yeah. yeah. Okay, so that takes us to, uh, that's it for the news. We're going to just talk real quick about what we've been doing over the past uh, two weeks or so. Do you want to go first or should I? Go ahead. You I, finished off Darkwood, didn't you? I finished off Darkwood. Hey. Yeah, Darkwood was uh, really, really, really cool. Hmm. Um, I had a very, very nice time playing it. It was kind of a breath of fresh air uh, in terms of just playing something different. It was horror in a way that like the Darkwood Studio likes to call their game, uh, without jump scares, but really scary. It had a really interesting story. It has a storytelling method that it made me want to talk, want to have a, a storytelling episode where we talk about, like, what's the right way to do story in games. Because mm -hmm. uh, I feel like it kind of does it the right way. Yeah. Um, similarly, to I, I think Dark Souls also, um, and I know you have some some uh, some games that you like to refer to as like having really good story, too. I'm drawing a complete blank, though. I think you were, you were mentioning maybe, um, I want to say Red Dead? Red Dead had a pretty cool story. Yeah, yeah. But like I, I, I guess I was saying that just to say that my idea of what is good story is usually stuff like Darkwood and Dark Souls, mm -hmm. where they don't have story, kind of. Mm -hmm. It's like told through the world. But I think that you have a really nice perspective on what good story is in a more, more traditional sense. Also, uh, Yeah, I feel like the story in Red Dead was great. Ghost of Tsushima 2 was pretty good, mm. uh, actually. I think it was pretty neat. I don't know. Pretty neat story. But um, I get what you're saying about having a story without a story so much it's sort of like hunt yeah hunt has a great totally. story that you only learn through the like unlocking lore right like Absolutely. you kill a certain amount of monsters then you can read up a, a, a bit about them you kill a whole bunch more you can read a little bit more and then like it makes you um it's weird because there really is no story to it um but through grinding mm -hmm. you can get a story <laughs> um, totally and like you have to kind of really want it um, yeah. and it, it's more rewarding. You know, and it like, never uh, puts itself in your face. Absolutely not. You have to go get it yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> Which I think is really cool. Um, so I do get what you're saying about like dark wood and stuff. And yeah, I can dig that for sure. You know, yeah. I appreciate that that is still story. It's yeah. just different. It's not storytelling as much as having story there for you to discover. It's like the whole philosophy of show, don't tell. Yeah. I right? Guess. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah show me. Don't ever tell me, mm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, all that to say, Darkwood was incredible. Uh, I really, really liked it. I would love to like do an interview with the guys who made it sometime. Mm. They seem like geniuses. Like they're, it's a really, really cool creation. It's very different. It's very offbeat and weird. Mm -hmm. um, and it was also uh, like I, I'll be honest. I my interest was starting to wane by the end. Right. It just was a little long. Mm -hmm. um, like I, it took me a long time to get through it. Um, but. 
really just the like the final 20 percent i was like okay i think i'll finish this but i'm maybe like a little bit sort of had enough kind of thing mm-hmm. but I, I still got it took me a long time to get that tired of it you know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah yeah uh, yeah really long time before i was even remotely just like not completely spellbound by what was going on you know what i mean but um yeah i'd recommend it to anyone who likes horror games and wants to play something different and i can say that the gameplay is not shit Mm -hmm. too like some horror games with the gameplay put in it's like just not very good it's totally fine in this nice like uh, it's very fun you know it's scary it's it's tense fighting the monsters um but uh, yeah cool cool stuff and uh yeah besides that i just you know i played a little bit of bloodborne i kind of like don't know what i'm gonna play next a little bit of bloodborne a little bit of cyberpunk Mm -hmm. restarted a cyberpunk character another one another one (laughs) all right where'd you go uh where'd you uh come from this time i did the exact same thing as my previous character what i just wanted to not have hacking and Uh, focus just on the guns and katanas okay okay because i put tons of points into intelligence and at the end of the game was kind of like I think just shooting and slicing is more fun. Right, right. Um, well, you that's decide, you played the whole game and decided how you want to play it again. Pretty much. Like, yeah. So, no, yeah, it makes yeah. perfect sense. Realized that I didn't quite make the right decisions. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah, it totally makes um, sense. And I just like Cyberpunk. I like the universe. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And cool. uh, Teague, I got you down here for a little bit of rest. Yeah, it's just been rest for me. Um, I played it when it came out on console. And... Um, I've been I'd been seeing it for some time on PC and it, it looked really cool. I like the idea of it a lot. Um, survival PvP, hundred um, percent. Brutal, brutal, brutal game. Um, I think it's from two thousand thirteen, so it's pretty old. Mm. And the graphics are from two thousand and thirteen. Starting to get a bit longer in the tooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a little choppy. It was not great at launch. It was actually very, Rough. very trash. Um, but I mean, still, you can still have fun with with trash. Um, all in all, yeah, played it for a very short time and then just kind of put it down for a bit. They did a couple of updates. Well, it, it, it is smoother than it was at launch for sure. And I've uh, been playing with a couple of people that actually know the game. And it's quite different. <laughs> it's very different. So like different from what it was at launch. Um, just well, or the game itself is playing with people that know what's going on, as opposed to just trying to learn what the hell you're supposed to do. So like the first time I played with a buddy, neither of us had played it before, and like yeah, we were running around with spears and bow and arrows, and it was fun killing people and make a little base. Like it was cool, but within. A couple of hours of playing with these guys, it's like, you've got, like, AKs and stuff, and, like, <laughs> armor, and, uh, like, they know what they're doing, you know, so the base is, like, proper, uh, yeah. you know, it's just, like, yeah, you don't know what to do with something, it's like, oh, what what's this for? It's like, okay, you need to put this here, save this for that, you know, it makes such a difference, Interesting. Um, and it's been a lot of fun, but, uh, but again, it's like, a, it's a constant PvP sort of thing, right, um, like, and the servers are fairly large. I think up to 90 people Wow! on a map, which is not huge. I, oh, yeah. I mean, it, it is a big map, but not for 90 people. Right. Um, like, you 100% will lot. see people yeah. a lot. And it's, I mean, it's fun, but uh, it's kind of stressful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. A little bit on the stressful side. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, anyways, playing with some people that actually know what they're doing made a difference. And uh, played a couple hours with them, and... Uh, Gotta say, I, I do. Uh, I have a different uh, impression of the game than I did before. I think it's uh, it's hella fun. Interesting. Um, yeah. Do you think you'll play more? Yeah, I definitely. At the will. moment, you're feeling like it. Uh, yeah, at the moment. Uh, yeah, there's. I think there's five of us, and um, 
yeah, the last time I played, we did a raid. You know, went and some people were building a base too close to us. And, uh, you know, it's our mountain. So we uh, blew the walls down and killed them a whole bunch and stole all their shit. <laughs> Haven't seen them on the server since. That sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. But um, it's like Ark in terms of you really do want to be playing with people in other parts of the world. So when you're not on, they are. Right. Because people can you know raid you right steal all your shit yeah and, um, i don't know that's the one downside to the game is it it, it does ask for a little much okay. a lot of time and i don't have that time to put into and or the interest to even so i don't play for you know six hour periods but i one of the guys um that i play with like Every time I look at my PlayStation, he's on Rust. You know, like uh, it doesn't matter if it's three in the morning or you know uh, three in the afternoon. It doesn't matter. This guy is always on Rust. Yeah, and uh, and he's not necessarily playing the game, but he might be there crafting a whole bunch of something and like put his controller down for half an hour and go eat and stuff. And you know, it's uh, it's a different it's a different thing. It's more of a a job than anything, you know, to, if you want yeah. to get ahead. You know? It's really the definition of, like, what is it they call it, live service games, kind of? Oh, I don't know. Or I don't... like, lifestyle games. Do they have a word for that? That describes the games where you have to, you kind of end up just playing them all the time. Yeah, I don't I don't think live service, but, um, oh, I do know, there that's, is a word. That style of game. There is a word for it, it for sure, and it's, yeah. and, and that's the type of thing that, uh, well, actually, we'll get into it next time, but I don't think it's cool that games ask you to be on for such a huge amount of time just to be able to compete. Like, yeah. I mean, I get it. It's kind of like not fair. Well, it's not that it's not fair. It's just that it's it's asking too much to maintain, you know, yeah. like, uh, and it... It encourages the wrong kind of stuff. Too. A lot of people do spend that amount of time on stuff, but I, I, I don't think it's healthy. And um, I don't think it's a good thing to, uh, to have people constantly having to check sign on like it's got a little bit of an addictive almost uh there's something predatory about it <laughs> just kidding I, I feel like saying we're skinner boxes skin yeah, box yeah 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 <laughs> i can't even remember what those are now me but neither I, when it came up i think it's the same it's like the cranking the thing to get a food pellet yeah like, yeah idea. it's yeah. it just seems like they're they're good. asking for a bit much of a grind you know and it's like arc as well it's just kind of ridiculous people love it though there's people that yeah. just 100 percent. but do they love it or is it psychology it's hard to say, right? Well, it's hard to say. people can love their abusers, right? Yeah, uh, 100%. True, true, true. So, <laughs> it's abusing you. <laughs> it's abusing you. Yeah, it seems um, like. And, and it's just, uh, again, like, you don't have to have to do it, but, like, I don't know. It's, but also, uh, you kind of have to. Well, <laughs> I mean, if you want to, if you want to run the server, like, you're, that's your life. Like, yeah. That's your life. And, um... It's kind of like the game won't be kind to you if you don't. Mm -hmm. Well, of. the one good thing about it, though, is that compared to Rust or compared to Ark, is it wipes monthly. Okay. So all of that work that you put into building this crazy base and building mm -hmm. up all this great shit every month will disappear. That's interesting. So everybody's at the same point. Yeah. Pretty much That's once a month. Um, I'm pretty sure it's every month. It might be every couple, but I I feel like it's a monthly thing. And, um, I mean, I feel like that, even though, like, you're, you're clearly il illustrating there maybe is some issues with it, that's maybe more progressive than some games. I think that's a super good touch. Just like yeah. Conan has raid times from 7 to 11 or something like that. 6 yeah. to 10, I don't even, I can't remember. But it's an elegant system. It's not 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And you don't, 
I mean, it's still a long time. Like to, to be on a game for four hours a day is ask. It's a big ask, but compared to um, being able to be rated twenty four hours a day, it's really civil. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and this I find kind of. If you start up at the same time as everybody and you want to be really into it for a week or something, great, fine. Um, and then stop for a month and next month you'll be able to pick it up again. Yeah. Uh, but again, if you spend eight hours a day on this and then all that time is lost at the end of the month, it's yeah. kind of... Uh, That's a really I, good point. I don't know. I see what like, you mean there, yeah. I have yeah. mixed feelings about it. I think it it's cool. It is very mixed. I think it's cool, but again, I don't. I don't like the idea of a game that forces you to work like this does. This isn't as bad as Ark. Not even close. Okay. Like, not it, even close. It almost, like, makes you want to play and not want to play an equal At measure. the same time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's weird. Um, yeah, that is weird. But, anyways, it's a cool game. It's um, fun with friends, like most yeah. other things. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was waiting for it for years to come to console. I never thought it would happen. And, uh, well, here we are. Cool, man. It's been fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I think uh, we both have to go. So, T, thank you very much for recording. Thank you. And uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Catch we'll, you next time. We'll see you next time. <laughs>